Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. Last time I spoke to you, I spoke on Matthew 14, 29, and it simply states there that how Peter got out of the water was invited to do so by Jesus. And at 29, it says, Peter came, when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. And as I said, the first question was, why did Peter get out of the boat? His idea or God idea, I believe it was a God idea. I believe God was calling him out on the water. We actually sing about that, don't we, in one of the songs we sing here. You call me out upon the water. What a revelation. He just, just, just didn't get out of the boat. Gee, God called him and he answered that call which would explain why only he got out and, and none of the others got out. Uh, as, it, as it was a good idea, usually group mentality was suggested everybody would get out of the boat. If one's going to walk on water, then we're all going to walk on water. But Peter was on a personal journey from something substantial to something extraordinary. Um, the boat was his means of um, travel and uh, business, but now he's about to step out and step into something really supernatural, another world, so to speak. So I did ask the question, is faith subjective, which means does it originate from us or is faith objective and some other source? And um, I used Mrs. Greaves' testimony of the airport to illustrate that point, that here she was having this conversation with somebody or something inside of herself. And uh, as we heard tonight, young Emma stepped out of the boat and got on the water, got her feet wet. And uh, I love it when people say that, you, you know, you have this one conversation or this conversation going on where somebody will say, God said this, and then I said this. But this is not going on verbally, it's going on mentally, inside of yourself. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God inside of us. And if he's going to speak to us, he's going to speak from inside. I personally hear that voice often. But it's like here, and yet I know it comes from in here, and from the inner man. See, his spirit speaks with our spirit, and he witnesses to us to tell us that we are the children of God. That's how I know we are children of God, because the Holy Spirit said to me, my spirit, not my flesh, said to my spirit, you are a son, and a son indeed. So I want to, uh, see, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, uh, Hebrews 11. And hearing by the word of God. See, faith is a religious term. And uh, see, what we have in the natural is an understanding. Faith is a religious term. A term, sorry. And what we have is an understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, Trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding. Hebrews 11, 1. A lot of information here, but I'll give it out there before we get into the sermon. Um. Hebrews 11.1, faith is the evidence of things not seen. See, where there is no faith, spoken or written word of God, we lean more heavily upon our own understanding. But that's not faith. Amen? That's not faith. That's your understanding. It's like, if I, um, to bring that into a, 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 a natural environment, if um, I wanted to go to Brisbane, I would jump in my car and drive there and because I service it regularly and 
we, we get it checked and anything goes wrong with it, we'll fix it up and then we fill it up with petrol. We'll jump in the car and three tanks later we're in Brisbane. But faith is when God says to you, go to Brisbane and you jump in your car and there's no fuel in it and you drive all the way to Brisbane. That's faith. The other is understanding. So we, we had a... Um, we had a, uh, Jane actually found this. Oh, by the way, if you, you can now call Jane. All, all Jane needs now is a parrot sitting on her shoulder. Have you heard her walk around? It's like, plunk, plunk, plunk. Like, what's his name? Captain Hook? Yeah. She'll get you up here to demonstrate wooden floor. Sounds brilliant in the, in the, in the house when it's an echo. Like, plunk, plunk. I'm waiting for the parrot to speak. Hallelujah. See, faith is the evidence of things not seen. And uh, as I said, we lean upon our own understanding. So our understanding is sort of a natural environment. We understand that we fuel a car, the car runs. Uh, Jane actually read a, some time back now, a couple of years, it was always stuck with me, about a story about a young group of um, Koreans, North Koreans, I think they were, uh, in the military. They were um, part of a team that um, uh, service vehicles, uh, army vehicles, and uh, one, of, one of them was a Christian. And uh, the guys, wanting to have a go at him, he was the youngest of the group, said to him, jump in that truck and drive it and park it over in the far corner. No, they knew that there was no motor in the truck. And uh, he didn't know. So he gets in the truck, starts it up, it revs, and he drives it. You know what I'm saying? Heard on the radio some time back, a young lady got picked up by a semi-trailer, 80-wheeler. She was stuck in the middle of the road at some highway, straight road. He took her to a service station. She jumped out of the truck, walked around, turned around to say thank you, and the truck was gone. Looked up the highway. Come on, guys, look. There is a world that we haven't explored yet that is so supernatural, so powerful... Um, that it's almost like getting out of a boat and walking on water. But I want to explore that world. I want to be in that supernatural experience on a daily basis, not just one or, but every day of my life. I want to walk in the Spirit and see the supernatural begin to manifest itself around about us because we serve a God who is a God of the supernatural. Now, we can choose to stay in the boat, of course. That's your option. But if you want to walk with God, it's got to be by faith. It's got to be in the realms of the spiritual and the supernatural. So let's continue on. So faith is the evidence. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Where there is no faith, we lean upon our understanding. Presumption then becomes the evidence where there is no evidence. Understand that? Presumption is the evidence where there is no evidence. So we presume based on what we know and understand. Presumption means to act proudly. In Psalms 19.13, the psalmist wrote, Keep thy servant from presumptuous sin. 2 Peter 2.10, According to the flesh, they are presumptuous. Saints, we were born again. And that born again experience wasn't a natural experience. It was a supernatural experience. 
You were born again, not by the will of a father, not by the will of a husband and a wife, but you were born again by the Spirit of God to be spiritually minded people. Amen? You see, faith comes from the Latin fide, which means to trust. The word trust means confident expectation. Not just confidence or expectation, but both words describe trust. As is faith, both hearing and doing what is heard. Do you understand that if we hear only, we don't do what we hear? Then we're deceiving ourselves, we're lying to ourselves. But if we hear and do, then we walk by faith. We hear, serve, um, pay, the, pay the people behind you. And we do, that's faith in action. Amen? I might follow you around a lot, and if you go into McDonald's, I'll follow you through. You understand that? Faith is both hearing and doing. Just hearing alone isn't enough. See, I believe Peter sank because he had expectation, but he lacked confidence. See, expectation, he says, bid me come to you, Lord, walking on the water. Now, he could have said several things. He could have said, bid me come to you swimming in the water, bid me come to you under the water, over the water. But because Jesus was walking on the water, Peter says, bid me come, and I want to walk like you're walking, on the water. Not in it, not over it, but on it. We want to walk like Jesus, amen? We want to follow in his footsteps, yeah? Okay, let's continue. It's going to get, it gets better. You see, we have expectation because we serve a God who makes all things possible. You can expect great things because you, you, service, uh, you serve a great God. You can expect great things. You see, I expect healing. When we pray for people, don't we? we? We expect when we lay hands on people that they're going to get healed. That's an expectation. But are we confident? I've heard so many, and I do it myself. Lord, heal this person in the name of Jesus. Then two seconds later you say, how do you feel? Is that confidence? <laughs> See, many times Jesus said to the people, uh, you're healed. Now go and tell the priest what's been done this day. And as he goes, that person is healed. Not necessarily straight away, but, but is healed while they go. Like a woman with the issue of blood. She comes and touches the hand, and then she goes away. And as she goes, she gets healed. You see, confidence says God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And I'm not going to ask you whether you feel like he's done something, because I know and am confident in what God said he do, he will do. That's confident expectation. But if we only have expectation and lack confidence, we sink. Okay. See, Jesus was confident. Maybe, just maybe, that's why his success rate was so successful. 100%. Because he had expectation. So the big God, you God, you God can do anything, but had confidence in God as well. See, sometimes we can have expectation, but no confidence. Or our confidence can take a hit because somebody walks away and not healed. There's a reason for everything, saints. There's a reason why we have to, like God doesn't answer prayer straight away sometimes because he wants you to depend totally on him, not on yourself. 
not on your own understanding of your circumstance, but just do what he says he'll do, then walk away. You've done your bit, now let him do his. Amen? And don't bring doubt into that circumstance because as soon as we begin to doubt, what happens? We begin to sink. See, I overheard in the prayer tonight, somebody prayed, God, bring us out into the deep. Love that. And, and we sing that song, I want to go where my feet can't tread. Where my feet can't touch bottom. I want to go out so deep that I now have to depend on God to survive. Amen? Not just go out so far and then somewhere your feet can touch so we know we can go back if we need to. No, get totally lost in God. Not just partial, but completely lost in Him. See, Hebrews 10.35 says this, Don't cast away your confidence, your conviction, or your belief, which has great reward. And according to that, I believe rewards come with confidence, not just expectation. You've got to have both things. You've got to have expectation because we serve a big God. But also you've got to have confidence that what he said he will do, he will do. And then I believe our, tr- our trust is complete. The thing for this week is confidence in Jesus. And confidence just means full trust. And I believe when Jesus said to Peter, why did you doubt? He was saying to Peter, you've lost your confidence. See, I'm going to bring another question into the, into the, into the story tonight. Why, why the story of Peter as a whole? I mean, only one scripture, or one writer of scripture, Matthew, I believe, is the only one that talks about the Peter experience. Every other uh, person who wrote in the New Testament speaks about Jesus walking on the water, but Matthew is the only one who mentions Peter walking on the water. I thought that was unusual, don't you? I mean, if you walked on water, I'd want to still write about it. But they didn't write about it. And I think they saw something of a failure there, that Peter didn't succeed in, in what he was doing. And so we can read that story and we can decide never to get out of the boat because I'd be put in a situation where I would be challenged by my faith. And so we don't lay hands on people. We don't pray for people. We don't do these things simply because we don't want to fail. But I believe there's something greater here in the story. I believe God wasn't just calling him out on the water so he can walk on water. But I believe he was calling Peter out so that Peter can then have a supernatural experience that will enable him to walk in the supernatural no longer in the natural. You with me? Still with me? Maybe a bit heavy for Sunday nights, but why did Peter, why the story of Peter? See, I believe we need to all explore the possibilities in God. Not only believe that God is able to do all things, but explore the possibility of what that means in our lives. I believe God's calling us into a relationship with him where our trust in him is going to see you walking on water. And I don't mean that in a literal term. I mean it could be anything, overcoming your circumstances and whatever your circumstances are. You might find yourself in a situation where uh, financially strapped and you have to pray and believe and then hopefully hold to, uh, have confidence in God, hold to that belief, and then you see a result come to full. Uh, you know, the Old Testament, there's a, there's a theme running through there where people would um, be... Um, um, worried if they couldn't provide a, a tithe to the church. And so basically they would say, to the temple back in those days, and basically they would say, Lord, give me something so that I might tithe to the, to the temple. 
And if God didn't do that, if they didn't have that ability to tie, then they would consider themselves not worthy of, 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 uh, of that, that, um, uh, the, the temple experience. You see, saints, we, God wants to bless us so much so. He wants to bless us uh, physically, financially, in every area of our life, in every extreme of our living. He wants to, he wants to bless that. Not so that you can be rich in those things, but you might bring something into the house of God so there might be food in his house for the times of need. And if we can't provide that, then we should be praying to God, God, give me opportunity that I might be able to do what I need to do, which is to be a supply to the household of God. If it's ministry, God, give me something that I might bring to the house. You see, tonight, we, it's like we're coming to a table, table of God, and every person that functions up here on this platform it brings something to the table, but we all have something to offer if we waited on God through the week and say, God, what can I bring Sunday night? And then you bring it, and then while you're here, you get an opportunity to then present what you have. But see, a lot of us just sort of come along as an expectation, uh, Helena's going to sing, and I'm just going to sit back and enjoy that. Now, what do you have to bring to the table? What do you have to bring? Don't be a spectator. Let's participate in the thing called God. Amen? I better get off track again. Let's get back on track. All right, so let's look at this possibility that maybe there was something more here, not just uh, Peter's uh, experience of Peter, and uh, maybe there's something more to explore. And if you'll notice in Matthew 8, which is the first, first episode on, on the water, where they're in the boat and Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat, and there's a rough storm happening, and they go and wake him up. And Peter cries out and says to him, Lord, don't you care that we perish? So Jesus gets up, and he calms the storm, and they get to where they're going. In this one, in Matthew 14, Peter begins to sink. Then he cries out, Lord, save me. Now, Peter was a very strong swimmer. Um, in John 21.7, Peter swam 200 cubics which is 100 meters, twice the size of an Olympic-style size swimming pool. Now, that's a good swim. I dog paddle 20, and I, I just have to get out of the water. I'm puffing. But he swam full-on two Olympic-size swimming pools. So he was a good swimmer. He was standing there, and he began to sink. Maybe he had opportunity to now turn around and go back to the boat and get back in. But Peter chose to stand there, cry out to God for help, and say, Lord, I sink. Let me, let me try and explain that as, as it goes through my head. Um, when Peter cried out to Jesus, when he said, Lord, help me or save me, what I believe he was saying is this, Lord, I don't want to go back to the boat. I want to stay out here in the water and I want to walk on the water with you. I don't want to be just saved because of self-preservation. I want to be saved so that I might stay in faith. Make sense? I want to stay out here because this is where you are. I don't want to go back to where I was before. I don't want to go back to what I know. I don't want to go back to the boat where I might be safe. I want to stay in the supernatural. I want to stay in this experience longer. I want to stay here with you because I want to walk where you walk. I want to go where you go and have the faith to be able to complete whatever task you set for me. You understand, saints? 
too many people have a plan B. Okay? If this doesn't work, I'll just go back to doing what I did before. Saints, we should have a hunger for this, so much so that there's no way that I'm going back. We sing about it all the time. Not turn, no turning back. No turning back. And yet in the back of our minds, if this doesn't work, I have somewhere to go. I love it when the story of Elisha, a prophet of Israel. Elijah was a prophet. God was about to take him home. Elijah's there, and he's plowing a field. He has a plow. I'm supposing they're handheld ones. And he's got a 12 yoke of oxen. And he's pulling this thing through the ground. He's plowing the field. Elijah, the prophet, walks up to him, throws his mantle on Elijah. And Elijah, what, what does Elijah do? He burns the plow, cooks all the oxen, and eats them. He ain't going back to plowing. He ain't going back to the old lifestyle. He's now found a, 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 a lifestyle that he wants to totally commit himself to 100%, to totally trust in God. I ain't going back. I want to stay here in faith with you. Peter, on the other hand, when Jesus walks past him, he says, Jesus says, so follow me. Peter gets up, walks with Jesus, leaves his net on the foreshore. Sometime later, Jesus ascends into heaven. The first thing Peter says, I'm going fishing. My nets are still there. My boats are still there. My business is still there. I'll just go back to doing what I did before Jesus came into my life. What he failed to do was to burn his nets so that there's no going back. Saints, what's on your mind tonight? Are you in this 100%? Are you completely trusting in God for your next moment, for your next breath even? Or do you have a plan B? Is there a substitute plan in your mind that says, hey, this doesn't work, I'll just go somewhere else? We're in this 100%, amen? All the way with Jesus. No turning back. Let's not only sing about it, but let's mean it in our heart. I ain't going back there, simply because there's nothing for me to go back to. Are we in this together or not? Amen? 100%. This is my life now. Somebody quoted it tonight. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's my chosen lifestyle. There's no going back for me. I've burned everything that I own. I've burned everything that there's nothing to go back to. Now I'm going forward with Jesus. I'm walking out there in the water. I want to stay on the water. I don't want to go back to the boat. So if I begin to sink and I feel that sinking feeling coming over me when I'm in a circumstance, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm going to swim back to what I know. I'm going to stand there and say, Lord, help me because I want to stay out here with you where the water and where we're walking on water. I want to stay in faith, not go back to the natural. We are a supernatural people living in a natural world. Let's let this world rule how we think and believe or how we pray or what we do. Let's believe in our circumstances that God is able and I am fully persuaded and that's where I want to stay. So I believe we all need an introduction into the supernatural realm of faith. Peter's commitment to faith as I've just explained it. I believe he was out there for a reason, and he didn't want to go back. His commitment to that was complete 
when in Matthew 14, 32, it says they got into the boat. Notice, Jesus wasn't carrying Peter. He was walking beside Jesus. Jesus came over, lifted him up, put him back on, on his feet, and he continued to walk on water. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was cool. That he was prepared not to go back to what he knew, what he knew, but prepared to call out. You see, a lot of people, I've been doing this for some 40 years or so, and I've seen a lot of people fall away. And the reason I believe they fall away is simply because they had a plan B. There was a plan B in the back of their mind. If somebody offends me, if somebody hurts me, if somebody does something, or this happens or that happens, I can simply go back to what I'm doing, what I was doing before I got saved. They didn't burn their bridges. But tonight, I believe you have an opportunity to step out into something amazing. A world where what you felt going through Maccas could be what you feel every day of the year. Not simply be, not, not just paying out sort of money like that, but in so many different ways. Otherwise, you'd be able to grow, I'm sure. I'll be, I'll be following you everywhere. Um, but not just that one experience. I believe that's a day-to-day event that we can walk on water every day of our lives. And when we get that sinking feeling, rather than go back to, oh, I don't want this, I don't, I don't trust this, I'm not staying out here, I'm getting back to what I know. No, because we're committed to faith. We say, God, I'm out here, I feel the sinking feeling, my faith is starting to, to shimmer a bit, Lord, help me. And watch Jesus come to your aid, pick you up, set your feet back on the solid ground, or set your feet back on the water, and you and Jesus walking on into the boat. Saints, tonight, one of the, I'm going to end with this little, so we can have the musicians up. Are the worship team? You see, I, um, I love what Abraham had to say. Abraham's a hundred or so years old. Sarah's just as old, thereabouts. And God promises them, them a, a child, a son, that he would have a son. And Abraham's response to that is simply this. Abraham believed God because he considered him who said that he would have a son faithful. Abraham believed God because he considered the one who said it faithful. We have amazing opportunity today to stay in faith. Our call is to faith. Our walk is to faith. Remember I said this um, previously, presumption is a sin. And presumption is of the flesh. Presuming to know God's will, God's word, rather than hearing from him. We have an amazing opportunity now that we understand that that sinking feeling at times when you put out your hand and pray for somebody and nothing seems to happen. Or you're praying for something in particular in your life and it doesn't seem to be coming to fruition. The thing is not to consider what, you, what you're going through at the moment of any importance, but to consider the one who promised you faithful. To stay in faith, I think sometimes we have to call out for help. I know I do. Almost every day. It's like you want to go back and 
you're starting to fall, you're starting to feel that sinking feeling, you've done something wrong, let's not just go back to the boat. Let's just swim or go turn to natural resources to get back to where we were. But let's cry out to God and say, God, help me, I'm sinking. And I want to stay out here with you. I want to stay in faith. I don't want to go back. I want to be here with you. I believe under those circumstances, God has an amazing world ready for you. He has an amazing thing. Um, look at expectation. Don't, don't throw away your confidence. With all your expectation, don't throw away your confidence. But allow God to do what he needs to do through you. Not only in that one instant, but every day of your life. Wake up in the morning. God, we're in faith today. Where do you want me to be? What do you want me to say? Who do you want me to say it to? And then watch God unfold the amazing world of the supernatural to you. Let's all stand together tonight. You see, Peter sank, yes. But for Peter, there was no other alternative other than crying out. And he called out to Jesus, the only one who can help him. So tonight you might be feeling like a sinking feeling, struggling. God, um, get me out of here. Let me give you another option tonight. Don't say to God, get me out of here. Just cry out, God, help me. And watch what he does. Amen? Watch what he can do. Let him have his will and his way in your life. Determine in your heart that I'm not going back. I've burned all my bridges. Nothing for me out there. And then go forward with him. Hallelujah. If you've got a plan B in the back of your mind, get rid of it tonight. Get rid of it tonight. Either commit 100% or don't commit at all. Amen? We're all in for Jesus and not at all. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.